I'm Jeff Nyquist, and this is JRNyquist.com podcast, and with me we're doing the second uh, part of a series with Jan Lemprecht um, of AfricanCrisis.org. Jan is, a, is an African analyst, and he, in the previous segment, described the politics of the ANC, and I'll briefly recap that, that the communists controlled the ANC, that the CIA had a strategy for moderating the communists in the ANC through bribery and carrot-and-stick uh, tactics, and they successfully moderated Nelson Mandela, the first president of, of uh, Africa, South Africa, after uh, apartheid ended, and then you have um, then uh, Thabo Mbeki, who they further moderated, but but when the Communist uh, Party of South Africa realized they lost control of the ANC, they went to take it back and they pushed Thabo Mbeki out of power. And so now we have this, uh, uh, it's like a civil war developing between what you call the Eastern Communists, those who were loyal to Moscow and the bloody revolution, and the Western Communists who like the CIA's money and are willing to moderate their behavior. So, uh, so go, yes. uh, go ahead and take it from there. Where, uh, how is this developing now? Well, at, at the moment, uh, after the kicking out of Tabo and Beki, that was followed by various people starting to resign. The vice president resigned. Several top ministers in government, cabinet ministers resigned. And they, the ANC started losing M- uh, members of parliament and all that sort of thing. Now, Jeff, I think that the breakaway, that, that this breakaway party that is formed is a current CIA operation. And because to me, it's quite interesting that shortly after Mbeki was recalled, you suddenly saw career um, politicians suddenly giving up the only job that they have. And it's, you know, I thought, why are those guys, those guys are in the ruling party. They're getting a lot of money. They're a bunch of fat cats. Why are they just giving up their job and their career where if they keep their mouths shut, they are in in a perfect situation to carry on? Uh, you know, the ANC only threw out Mbeki. The ANC didn't throw anyone else out. Why are these guys starting to resign in droves? So as I was watching this, um, myself and, and other friends who were analyzing the situation we started talking about the fact that there must be another political party forming. And long before the media even uh, spoke about it, we were writing about it. And then it happened. This other political party formed. And Jeff, I'm telling you, there are hundreds, hundreds of ANC, senior ANC members who are resigning left, right and center. And the only thing that I can think of is that Mbeki with his with his Western, because Mbeki is not just, Mbeki actually has links. Um, I've heard that he has links to French intelligence and British intelligence. So I think that, that all these Western intelligence agencies are working together and backing him and his followers. And these guys must have put out the word to say, you know what, we're going to form a party, you're going to get funding and all that kind of stuff. And that's what gave these guys the confidence to resign by the hundred. And they are still resigning left, right and center, Jeff. Entire branches of the ANC have, have flipped sides. Now, 
we estimated up front that, that the, ANC, the ANC has got two-thirds of the vote in South Africa. And looking at the way that, that, that the ANC has split between Jacob Zuma and Mbeki, we estimated that 22% or one-third of the ANC's strength is actually behind Mbeki. And that seems to be playing itself out now. You can see that huge numbers of these guys are, are leaving. And then about two weekends ago, these guys who were leaving suddenly said that they're going to have a Congress. And they create, they had a huge Congress and thousands of people attended. The bill for the Congress was five million rand. And the question arises, who paid the five million rand for this Congress? And, um, Jeff, I'm telling you, this party seems to have no problem with money. So I think that the Western, the Western world as a whole is behind this party. Now, the, the, the Eastern communists, the hardcore guys who've, who've kept the ANC, they have not been fooled by any of this. They have already said, they have made clear statements that these guys, um, are traitors. They regard them as traitors. And I even put out a video. I'm sure I sent it to you, but if you haven't seen it, you really should see it. I can send you the link for it. Okay, it we, should, we, should, we should put it, could we put it up on the, on the website? Absolutely. Um, I'll, I'll find the link when we're finished with this. Remind me and I'll find the link for you and okay. you put it up. Jeff, I've got two videos that you must put up on your site. The one was, the offensive of Jacob Zuma going to New York and lying to to people at New York University, and this was all publicized, he was lying about the influence of the communists backing him. And the other video, which is very important, is a short piece that I got where it showed black, um, it showed ANC officials. It was an ANC official addressing the blacks. And he was saying to them, and these were his words, he said to them, you are the foot soldiers of the ANC. You are the prosecutors of the revolution. Mm. You must prepare yourselves. And he was talking about this new party. And he said, you must get yourselves ready for these, for these other people. And when these other people come into your area, you must kill them. And that is what these guys were starting to push out. Well, that's the and classic approach to counter-revolution by a bloody red uh, star communist. There you go. And Jeff, the minute those guys started leaving the ANC and started having um, political gatherings, then suddenly you would see these guys are having a peaceful political gathering. This is a lot like the MDC in Zimbabwe. These guys are having a peaceful political gathering. And the next thing you see is these ANC people just barging into the meeting and breaking up the meeting or making so much noise and moving in so that nobody can hear what is being said. And they actually start harassing and interfering with these guys in their political meetings. And then, of course, you know, what we're seeing is a lot of classic Mugabe tactics where these guys come and they, and they, and the ANC says in public, oh, we, we believe in their right to free speech and, and freedom of association, 
But the next thing you see is on the ground, it's a whole different story. Those guys are on the march. They are gathering together. They're attacking them. And they've already, in one of their early meetings, they already killed a black supporter. But the stuff I was seeing, Jeff, those guys are talking serious stuff. And the, the ANC Youth League, the ANC Youth League has always been the sort of place where the, the future leaders are groomed and so forth. Now, once Jacob Zuma and uh, once the communists brought Jacob Zuma back, the ANC Youth League and Kosatu itself started making some strange statements. This was just a couple of months ago. They were saying things like, we will kill for Jacob Zuma. And people were freaked out in this country. They said, who do you want to kill? What do you want to kill? And these guys were talking this kind of talk. And Jacob Zuma was saying nothing about it. He's just sitting there all quietly while the ANC Youth League is shooting its mouth off, and Kusatu was also saying similar things. And what it now appears is that the ANC Youth League um, is aspiring to be what the militia are in Zimbabwe. Robert Mugabe is the militia, which are youths that he calls up and he trains them, and these youths go out and they torture, murder, attack, steal from, and generally harass the opposition. Now, the ANC Youth League has been saying that they want to do that kind of thing, and it looks like uh, they are already doing that thing, and uh, the Communist Party and everybody is quite happy with that. They, they're, they're leaving them to do their thing. And you, you should hear the, the leader of the ANC Youth League, his name is Julius Malema, you should hear the things he says. He says the wildest things, and he gets out into the media, and the ANC just leaves him to say it. And that tells me that, that the ANC has left him to be their mouthpiece, and whatever he says is actually official policy. The problem, and this is where the communists now have to start hiding again, because Jacob Zuma can't come out and say those same things, so Jacob Zuma pretends that Julius Malema is just a wayward son, and he, he's just a youth, and, and, but he doesn't stop him from saying it, and he never, and he never disciplines him. So that tells me that uh, Julius Malema is doing what the ANC wants him to do. Hmm. And those guys want to attack the opposition and kill them. And I think you're going to see some serious violence. The next election uh, is due in about April next year. And Jeff, the ANC's got big problems. And the, the threat that faces the ANC is so enormous. You know, the ANC controls 67% of the parliament. Now, with 67%, they can change the Constitution. If these guys who break away walk away with even 10%, but very likely 20%, then that even puts the ANC's position as the ruling party of South Africa in jeopardy. Jeff, I've never seen a communist um, stepping down from power with ease. You've seen Robert Mugabe. He lost the elections in, on March 29th, 2008. It's been 230 days since then, Jeff. Robert Mugabe hasn't stepped down. And I think even if the ANC were not to get 50% at the next election, you won't see, even then you won't see them step down. They're going to fight tooth and nail for that. Hmm. So uh, we're talking about if they uh, break the Constitution and do not give up power in accordance with the law, uh, that will cause a civil war in South Africa, won't it? Well, I think I think the ANC will go all out 
on in every conceivable way. I think they will use the media. I think they will cheat. I think they will put in place cheating mechanisms. And I think they will harass, attack, and murder uh, people in this breakaway party because they know what the game is. And they will not allow those guys to get them. They will not allow those guys to, to take them below the 50% mark. And that's what those guys could do. Those guys could, in one single election, knock the ANC out um, and, and bring them to less than 50%. Now, I just can't see, I can't. The white minority. I can't see these guys accepting. What percentage of South Africa now is the white minority? It's probably 9%. And the Asian minority in the country is? The Asians are probably about uh, 2 or 3%. Okay. And then the coloreds are probably also about 7 or 8. The yeah. coloreds, interestingly, support the new party in a big way. Okay, that's interesting. Now, now let's, for the Americans who are listening to this, the distinction is very important. The blacks are African without mixed European blood. The coloreds are a mixture of yes. European blood and native African blood. And, of course, the whites yes. are Europeans, uh, mostly from uh, yes. Holland and Britain and whatnot. Um, yes. Uh, so here we have a situation in South Africa where the black majority is split because the ANC group is split away from the ANC, supported by CIA money. Um, and so the uh, ANC is going to fight tooth and nail. The communists, the Eastern communists, supported by Russia and China, are going to fight tooth and nail to keep their power. I mean, given the ruthlessness of the communists and given their advantaged position within the government already, what possible chances would this new party have of surviving? Well, this is going to be interesting to see. I think if we if we compare it to Zimbabwe, um, I mean, there we can see that even though Mugabe had 22,000 youths attacking and harassing and murdering people, he must have murdered hundreds of people over the years and tortured many thousands. But in the end... Um, because he didn't physically kill them, he didn't manage to um, regain control. They actually managed to survive. So I suspect that we could see a similar situation in South Africa where what you will see is political violence and all sorts of undemocratic things happening um, that will make South Africa look bad. But it could drag on for years. Now there was one of the there was one of the um, one of these guys who broke away is a guy by the name of Patrick Lacorta, who at a point was the Minister of Defence, and he did turn around and say that he would be willing to fight. So I'm very curious to see if these guys who've broken away in South Africa, um, let's let's compare it to Zimbabwe again. In Zimbabwe, the MDC had no military power whatsoever, and Mugabe had a complete monopoly of everything. I, I'm sitting and asking myself whether in South Africa these breakaway guys might not be a little bit tougher than that. So we'll have to watch them because they seem to be much better funded, and maybe they maybe they will be able to fight back. We'll have to... We'll have to see. I think it's possible. There is an interesting twist to this, 
and that is that the Freedom Front, which is an Afrikaner-dominated party and which is, um, was created by a former general, and a lot of the people in it who run it are actually former military officers. The minute they saw that Tabo Mbeki was being kicked out, they because because they view him as a more pro-Western guy, the Freedom Front was the only political party in Parliament that stood up and said that they object to the recall of President Mbeki, and they tried actually to fight it very hard, and this surprised a lot of the blacks. So I am asking myself whether whether these Afrikaners. These Afrikaner leaders won't also start backing this other party. Hmm. And in fact, all the, all, and in fact, even our liberal opposition and other political parties are also gravitating towards this breakaway party. So there has already been talk that all these parties might yet get together and form like an anti-ANC coalition. And let me tell you, Jeff, the excitement inside South Africa over this new party is very intense. So I think the ANC is, I think the ANC is going to have a tough road ahead, but I do think that the ANC is ruthless enough to give it a hell of a go. Hmm. Um, what I'm not sure is whether it will spread into non-black, um, or rather, let's say, exactly how much of this will, will affect whites. Initially, it looks to me initially as if it's going to be a non-white issue. They're going to be attacking blacks and coloreds much more easily than they will attack whites. And but what about the know. what about the economy? I mean, what what is this going to uh, promise for the economy? And and how, by the way, is South Africa being affected by the global financial crisis? Uh, we're we're experiencing this here. Let's let's talk about that for a little while and. And how that might okay. play into this uh, this power struggle within the country. Yes, there's a lot of stuff. Look, on the one hand, these communists are pulling out Mugabe's tactics as well. By the way, Jeff, where they are, you know, like Mugabe when he saw that his power base was was threatened, he immediately said, "Well, let's grab all the land from the whites." The ANC is already talk, doing that kind of talk as well, where they're saying, "Oh goodness, we need to give." land to the blacks and we need to give it immediately so they're already making those sorts of noises uh, in terms of the economy and investment Jeff South Africa has been hit very hard I've been uh, our, our, our currency has been almost collapsing because our stock market is collapsing and from what we can gather over here our stock market is collapsing because Americans American investors are selling investments in South Africa by the billions of rands um, in very short periods of time, and money is flowing out of this country at a shocking rate. Now, of course, the, the money is flowing out because of the global financial crisis, because from what we are hearing, it is as if Americans and American companies are busy selling off assets around the world in order to try to get liquidity back in America. And that's why the, the U.S. dollar seems to be going through the roof because enormous amounts of money are flowing back into America to try and get America going. But now, of course, uh, it's almost collapsing our currency over here, it's, which itself is causing tremendous strain for us and presents us with inflation problems. We've already had some companies starting to lay off people. So I think 
I think this is going to hit us hard. Now, if on top of this global financial crisis, we start having political instability, we start having flipping uh, Eastern communists talking Bolshevik talk, you must know that's going to just scare the investors away even more. Mm-hmm. So I think I think we're in for quite a rough ride. <clears throat> and of course, uh, if people are being thrown out of work, if there's uh, if capitalism appears to be failing the country, that yes. will encourage this Bolshevik talk from these hard Eastern communists. Absolutely, Jeff. You know, the kind of talk they talk to the people is. You know, it, it it doesn't make any sense at all. You know, they don't they don't talk about economics in a sane way. So, um, you know, they just say, "Oh, the rich, you know, the the rich whites have t- stolen your land. We'll get your land back, and uh, you know, we'll give you houses." The blacks don't ask the question of where do you get the money to build millions of houses. Nobody debates those logical issues. So, you know, the they, the communists come here with their cheap thrills. They've even been talking about letting our currency collapse because they say that that will help get our businesses going. Of course, if our currency collapses, thanks to the ANC, we've become a net importer instead of a net exporter. So we are, we are importing fuel. We are importing food, things which we used to produce, we no longer produce. So what is happening now is... Um, if the if the the Eastern communists come and they let our currency collapse, then you must know inflation is going to go through the roof. I mean, as it stands, our food inflation is already close to 15% because of the damage already done by land reform. It can only get much. It can only get worse. Mm-hmm. My goodness, it does. It sounds uh, pretty bad, and and sounds pretty bad here. Um, it's it's so strange to hear the accounts of this country fallen to factions of communist uh, politicians from the United States. You hear nothing about this. You hear nothing about it being a communist struggle. Uh, when I had even Barlow, the uh, uh, South African mercenary, on my radio program earlier this year, he uh, hit me over the head with, uh, I was just stunned with the fact that China has gained tremendous influence throughout Africa, especially sub-Saharan Africa. And um, do you see any indication that Russia or China are stepping up their presence in sub-Saharan Africa and in South Africa itself? Russia is a strange one. We see and hear virtually nothing from Russia. But we did have Putin here um, some time ago, and we did have some Russian businessmen here. I do know that a Russian company was busy buying up steel companies in South Africa. And the Chinese, the Chinese have been much more active. The Chinese have, uh, the Chinese have even bought shares in one of our biggest banks. They bought out, uh, they bought shares in the Standard Bank, which is one of our, we have four big banks that, uh, control the, that, that do almost all the banking in the country. And they bought one of them. Um, they have been pumping, uh, they almost destroyed our clothing industry with their, their cheap exports to here. The Chinese have been much more aggressive, but, uh, they don't say anything about it in the media, but sometimes you hear about it through word of mouth. For example, a friend of mine was, um, doing some advertising work and she told me that 
that she was doing advertising work for a large Chinese company that was active in Johannesburg. But you never saw or heard a word about it in the news. So, you know, a lot of things happen that the news doesn't carry as well. Has uh, Jacob Zuma ever traveled to Beijing or Moscow? No. Not that I know of. Jacob Zuma originally wasn't even listed as a communist, but I think... Um, but I think what happened was that he fell under that, that at some point the communists um, had had sort of seen to it that he was going to be the successor of Tabo and Beki and that he was going to introduce hardcore communism in 2009. And that's when – and I think the CIA got wind of that plan, and that's, that's how this fight actually started erupting. Now, this uh, uh, plan to introduce hard communism in 2009 – seems to anticipate yes. the economic crash of capitalism. You know, in, in Marxist theory, you have the crisis of capitalism, you have a huge crash, you have the workers uh, put in a desperate position, they revolt, they overthrow what the Marxists call the dictatorship of the bourgeoisie, and they establish the dictatorship of the proletariat. Is it that Moscow or Beijing has whispered in the ears of the Eastern Communists and the ANC and said... The revolution is coming. It's 2009. Get ready. You're going to be taking power um, and brush aside those uh, those guys that are in bed with the CIA over there. Is is, is Jeff, that possible? Jeff, um, I, I would say that I can't see any evidence of that. What I would say is if you look at the firing of Jacob Zuma, um, I think he was fired in 2005. And the the work that began to get him kicked out, the the work on that trial probably started in about 2003. I think it was actually a case where I think the West was actually getting the upper hand on the communists, believe it or not. I think the West was actually moving in because what was happening was Tabo Mbeki was quietly also purging people out of the ANC and he was installing his own base which was loyal to his own tribe and i think that it was i think it's more coincidence that it's come this this way um well let's put it this way tabo mbeki was busy busy preparing in 2003 to nail the commies but the commies also in before 2005 were also preparing for 2009 so i think both sides had their secret little agenda um, and they were working against each other, but you know, um, the thing, yes, the thinking had started earlier, but the timing, I think, is more an accident than anything else. Hmm. I think Interesting. Because I w let me tell you this much, Jeff. R understand this. You know, this is what makes life for the Western communists so difficult. Is the ANC when it talks to the blacks, it talks socialism always. It's, it's never deviated from that. Even under Tabo and Becky, they always talk socialism. They talk and they say, we'll give you houses, we'll, we'll give you land, all that sort of thing. It's all give, 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 and the government will give it to you. But they never tell the blacks how they're going to do it. And, and um, my point is that the ANC has always talked socialism, and the expectations of the common blacks are socialist. So the common blacks never really realized that Tabo Mbeki was on his own mission. And um, large parts of the black population have always believed that the day must come when the ANC must, must uh, be, be 
when the ANC must fulfill its promises. And even as far back as 1998 and 1999, there were already blacks who were saying that they don't want to vote for the ANC because the ANC is not delivering on the socialism that it promised them. So, so this moderation has another side to it, and that side is that there, yes, there are some blacks who, who, who start to become more sophisticated and understand economics, but there are large groups of the black population who don't understand that and who still want the communist promises of the past. And that is where Mbeki has been moderated so that, yes, he doesn't give the blacks all the things he did promise them, but those blacks keep reminding the ANC, you know what, you guys did promise us this 14 years ago, we do want delivery. And this talk of delivery has been growing in intensity over the years. So it's put him in quite a spot, you know. Hmm, so interesting. It's it's a funny kind of a politics, hey Jeff. Yes, it is. This is, uh, of course, the JRNyquist.com podcast. I'm Jeff Nyquist, J.R. Nyquist, and and with me is Jan Lamprecht of AfricanCrisis.org. And uh, we're just wrapping up this segment. Uh, Jan, did you have any closing thoughts on this topic? I think that the main thing to watch is next year, and we watch and see how violent things are going to get. I think a lot of people in the West think that handing over to the ANC will bring peace to South Africa, but I think they're in for a big surprise. A big surprise. Interesting. Well, thank you, Jan, and uh, we'll we'll have another segment with you on Wednesday of this week, uh, and so so that will be coming next. We're going to have a, a discussion. So uh, thank you.